Welcome back to another episode of MJ's Progress Not Perfection, the Fun Facts Edition, where we're doing the chronicles of my life of moving 30 times over 30 years. And now we are up to episode 4, which has to do with, coincidentally, 4th through 6th grade. Um, it was 1996 to 1999 that, you know, I want to cover in this episode. I have my lovely wife, Mikey, with me. Hello. As always. So, we're coming live to you from my office. <laughs> but let's, <clears throat> let's get into one of my biggest things I remember as a kid. Yes. And I have proof of right behind me right now. I'll, I'll make it the main picture of this episode. Um, it's my friends and I after a baseball game. And it was a part of a team that we made up. Like, this story is, like, it's what movies are made of. They literally made a movie. Not out of us, but they made the movie plenty of times. Yeah. It was me, me and Tim, who I talked about last episode. Um, our friend Keith, who I talked about in the second episode. And now we have a new friend that just moved to town named Ryan. Well, we, our dads worked for, like, the baseball, you know, organization where... They were secretaries and treasurers and, you know, of the baseball league. Yeah. Well, one day my dad and Mr. Kerper, Tim's dad, were going through and cleaning the clubhouse. And this was the 90s. And they found a box of jerseys from the 70s. That's some, like, straight up fantastic vintage fun finds. Oh, they were vintage. They were red, white, and and blue. And they had the stripes. And it said (laughs) money from on the front. And so we decided right then and there we're going to create a baseball team. Yeah, the Mount it was the Mount Ephraim Roadrunners, and we practiced every day just like you would imagine. Our sandlot was the aforementioned Mary Bray. The previous episode, you know, when I said how we used to hang out the school a lot, like when we got older. Well, one of those reasons was because the baseball field was right there. Yeah. And plus, if you hit it over right field's fence, then you're hitting a mayor's house, and that's like... <laughs> Bonus points right there. Yeah, for accuracy. So, <laughs> we spent that entire summer together. That also was the first summer that my nanny... Because I told you that my grandparents bought their shore house in 92. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my grandparents bought land in Strathmere back in the late 80s, but they didn't actually have the entire thing built. Have the entire thing built until the summer of 96 was the first summer that we could start going down there, and we were down there a lot. Because if you know Strathmere, New Jersey, you know that... It is no um, beach tags. You don't need a beach tag there. There's no lifeguards, though. So that's what you're... Yeah, it's kind of one of those at-your-own-risk places. Yeah, and we we would swim out to the sandbar. Yeah. It was a good, like, half-mile, mile, easy. Damn. And then we would, they would tell us and yell at us to come back. We, we That house was huge. It had one, two, three four five bedrooms something like that something that's, crazy that's ginormous for any house let alone one on the beach well my grandparents figured they had three kids and then their three kids all had three kids 
Yeah, you need some some beds for that many people to get there together. There was nine of us under my grandparents. Yeah. That was my nanny and granddad. My granddad was the one that I that I went to all the baseball games in 93 with that I was talking about. Yeah. And Mary Bray and how I went to a lot of baseball games. Yeah. That granddad actually got me into the All-Star game. In that summer of 96, the Phillies were hosting the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. So the elect the electrician's union worked on the lights and everything for that. Yeah. So he got a free pass. It was for standing room only, but he got a free pass and he brought me with him. Hell yeah. And we hung out in the bullpen. We walked all around the dugouts, like during the game and everything. I saw that game from all different angles. I definitely have memory of that. Um, we also got tickets to the home run derby that happened the day before. And we got to go to the Home Run Derby, and this was, like, pre-steroids um, Barry Bonds. <laughs> yeah. His neck wasn't huge yet. <laughs> it wasn't bigger than his skull. Oh, my God. <laughs> he he was still a kid in 1996. Yeah. So he, he wasn't all roided up like we saw him later in life. Um, but, yeah, that was such a good memory. Um, the All-Star Game at the old Vet Stadium. We did a lot of cool things. Uh, that stadium was... Unbelievable. I was there so many times now that I look back on it. But the other thing I got into really big was hockey when I was around that age. Um, I went from playing only in January, like only the Winter League, to playing the Fall and the Winter League. Yeah. So now, it I was, played was sports. Was it split up into two different organizations for the Fall and then the Winter League, or was it all one thing? So... The Fall League was at a separate town running yeah. me. <clears throat> and the Winter League was in Belmar. And then I did a roller hockey league in the summer. Mm-hmm. And that was in Audubon. And then in the spring, I played baseball in Mount Ephraim. Like, I have to give your parents such, like, crazy props for getting... Not just you, but, like, all three of you kids to various activities. Uh, My mom was the best. My mom, I mean, my dad did, too, when he had to. Well, yeah, I mean, your dad was obviously involved if he was, like, involved with the Little League stuff. Yeah, exactly. I know that Tracy was, like... The the, chauffeur. The the mom with the minivan. Yeah, and and she definitely had a full minivan for all three of us all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember in high school, after football practices, my sister would still be, like, in a booster seat, and (laughs) they would pick us up, and it would be, like, five or six sweaty teenagers who just got done a three-hour practice that are all smelly and just dirt-filled and gross, and she'd go, oh, my God, you guys think so bad. (laughs) I can imagine little tiny Jessica. She would not hold back about who stunk. (laughs) And she goes, she would tell the one guy who showered, you smell good, you can sit next to me. (laughs) Like, because he he was the only one of us that would shower in between, like. Yeah. But... That's that's for stories for a later time. I'm going to get to those for sure. <laughs> Sorry, I got you down. A... No, it happens. <clears throat> Do you know those years also included four Disney trips in four years? That is just incredible to me. So, yeah, we went... Do you know what it was, though? After we did Disney before that, 
My dad, we did Disney twice, one in August and one in June. And my dad said, never again (laughs) will I go in the summertime. Yeah. I've heard that from so many people. And we would always have, like, a couple of teachers and service days after Halloween. Yeah. Um, So. Sorry. Don't worry. That's just a seltzer. seltzer. We're all sober still. Um, Well, we went to Disney in 96, 97, 99. And all those years we went, we actually went in the fall. We waited until there was a couple of teachers and services in a row in November. And yeah. we would go in the fall. For like a longer weekend type of thing. We would go for nine days still because my mom's a oh, maniac. Yeah. My mom know, And my mom would know how to plan out. Oh, yeah. She's I'm got sure notebooks. She full-on itinerary. She still does do to this, this day. She yeah. still plans future trips. That woman is addicted to... to to getting out of a spiral notebook, and she'll plan out an entire trip she's never going to take. She'll go and drive Google. She'll literally get on Google Maps and drive down the streets all over the world. I mean, I can dig it. I started doing that <laughs> recently because of my niece moving to New Zealand. I oh. have been exploring Auckland. <laughs> yeah, that's and and you're still taking it in just from the comfort. Like some people watch TV shows. My mom makes plans mm-hmm. that she's never. <laughs> she might do some of them. I won't say never. Yeah, I mean, like some of them now, come. No, they still f- go on like these amazing road trips. Road trips and like I know before COVID, we were talking about having her plan a trip for us. So. Well, you know what's crazy is we went to Disney those four years, but we also did a ten day road trip in in ninety um, eight or ninety nine. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Didn't Wasn't that Montana? Yeah, Montana and back, and I was in 99. Um, yeah, we we were gone for literally, I think, 12 days, 11 days, something That's like that. That's such a huge undertaking with three kids. My dad drove every mile. Of course. Like, when we were on our way back, um, and we did so much on the way out there, I remember we happened to be in North Dakota in Sturgis during Sturgis Rally. <laughs> and we did not know what Sturgis Rally was. We were the only minivan in the parking lot of the hotel. <laughs> it was a it was a sea. A sea of fucking um motorcycles everywhere. And we get in the elevator and there's the three of us with a small girl with blonde hair and these three big bikers behind us. And the one kind of leading there goes, you look just like my daughter. You are so cute. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, completely the juxtaposition of you're in this scary... You're not in this scary place. These guys are the sweetest guys in the world. They just... They look scary. They, yeah, it's the look. Um, yeah. But I'll never forget how they said to Jess, like, oh, you look so cute. <laughs> like, she had a little bow because oh she God. still wasn't growing I hair. I have seen those pictures of her in her little, like, track suits. And yeah, and then she the had the pink... Yeah, because she didn't have enough hair. My mom was tired of people thinking that she was a boy. Oh, my God. (laughs) So she got her pink shit and (laughs) pinking it all up. Yeah. Yeah, I think the one picture I remember seeing was a little pink tracksuit and a little bow with her hair tied up. That was... We we did so many road trips. I've been in a car with my family. I think that's why I'm not claustrophobic, is I've been in the car so much with my family between... Those Disney trips, 96, I think we flew two of them and we drove the other two. And if I'm wrong, it's we drove three of them 
we definitely didn't drive one of the four. Yeah. We definitely drove two or three of those times, Disney and back. And that's an 18-hour trip. But you know what? Having traveled with children, it's actually easier to road trip than it is to fly. Well, yeah. And my dad said he would rather drive straight through the night. I'm sorry. Scuba is rubbing up against the microphone. Yeah. Well, that's because she knows something else. Scuba. Um, but, um, my dad would drive every mile and on the way back from Montana, he was sick and all he wanted to do was sleep in his bed because it's been 11 days of hotels. Yeah. And he drove something like 21 hours straight. Oh my God. I believe it though. Living on, living on Twizzlers and, and, um, and Slim Jims (laughs) (laughs) and, and 20 ounce Cokes. Yeah. That was his drive to, oh my God, I'll never forget that trip. <laughs> we saw John Wayne's um, house that he grew up in. Oh, yeah. We saw, that was like in Indiana or something like that. We had the weirdest stops. Not like weird in a bad way, just really random. No, I'm, sh- I'm imagining that Tracy like researching and... Plotting she all had of these, books. Yeah, she had. This was before the for, internet. For where she wanted to take y'all. This was pre-internet, where you couldn't. Yeah, no. This she obviously like AAA magazine or something. That's what it was. The yeah. AAA magazines. She had one for each state. Yep. <laughs> and she had them like grouped together, and you you had to make sure that. They were all all near her at all times because this was back in ninety nine. Uh-huh. So the only cell phone was had by my dad and we could only use it for emergencies. And oh, yeah, so we would like, We would be like, you. Oh, we're coming up on a hotel at blah 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 exit. Let me call them and reserve a room. Yeah. But we didn't know every day because we did different things every day. Yeah. So we didn't know where we were gonna stop every day. It was all really fly by the seat of your pants, and my mom, like a brilliant director, was going going for it as we went along. Like she knew some of the stuff that she would want us to hit. Yeah, like she knew like where you know there would be hotels along the way, and like she knew the major highway systems to hop on, and but also knew when to get on a back road to see something cool. Like yes, Montana, there was a there was a speed limit sign that said drive safe. Mm-hmm. And we didn't see anybody for like three hours. <laughs> it was probably an hour and a half, and I'm exaggerating. But even still, if you don't see anybody for five minutes, it's weird. Yeah. I like, mean, there's imagine driving in, on a highway. California desert like that, too. Imagine driving on a highway. Yeah. And you don't see any other cars in front of you or coming at you. But, like, that's that's the plot of, of many scary movies. Yeah, it really is. I think they made that movie. (laughs) They made that movie several times. What's that? There's a movie out there. I'm blanking on the name, but it's about like a bunch of kids giving a finger to some trucker, and then he's tracking them down and killing them. That one is Joyride. Joyride. Okay. Yep. I knew that there was. That's why I keep you around. Keep me on track. See, I watched the movies that you didn't. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That's true. But I watch movies that you didn't either. Exactly. Um, the other thing is we got into 
We we got into this in sixth grade. I'm really going to talk about it more when I'm in seventh and eighth grade next. But sixth grade, we started, this was a 99. Um, we started a backyard wrestling league in my friend's backyard because he had a trampoline. And we did all of our matches on the trampoline. We had the CDs that had the like walkout music for the oh, WWF yeah, the, stars. The intro that, music. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know, for like Stone Cold and shit. Yeah. And we would play them for each person that would pick their music. Like mankind. Like man- yeah, exactly. And we all had different nicknames. I was the hardcore champion. Of course you were. So I was that the whole point of that is you can be challenged anytime, anywhere. Which included when I would do attendance in the mornings. <laughs> Before the internet. I'm not sure how they do it these days. You would have, like, somebody in your class for extra credit would go around and pick up all the attendance sheets for your level, you know, your floor. Yeah. And I was one of those. And every time I went into one classroom, I would get jumped in the locker room. I mean, it, it wasn't beating me up. But I mean, they were hitting me. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I got real good at protecting myself. Yeah, but I was a hardcore champion. That's all I'm gonna say about that. (laughs) The other thing I got really into is prank phone calls. Oh my god, who didn't though? Yeah, but I know. But I was on a whole new level though. I was getting, I would get the phone book out, and then see somebody's exact name, like say John Ackerman, for example, because it's a. So I'm like, all right, John Ackerman. I call up, and he answers at 1 o'clock morning, hello. And I'll be like, why'd you just call me? Oh, my God. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, John Ackerman, on my caller ID, just call me at 3.29 a.m. What have you? What is on your mind? Who are you, and what do you want from me this hour of the night? You're like, what? <laughs> I didn't I didn't just call you. I'm like, sir, why would I know your name and your number if you didn't come up my caller ID? No, but I didn't. I don't, I don't know. Oh my God. I don't know what. I, I don't know. Start just. All I'm asking if you just stop, please. Just stop calling me. And I would do that to like twenty different phone numbers. I would oh find them in the phone book because I knew the phone book was how they, <laughs> they call caller ID. ID. So I number. knew exactly of how it would show up in the oh caller ID. God. So. <laughs> Oh, man. You can't do that these days. No, you cannot. But that's the joy of the 90s. Oh, my God. I got away with every single one of them. And I think the worst one, um, we used to do three-way calls. Obviously, everybody used to do three-way calling. Yeah. Um, And it was always me, my friend Vinny, and my friend Amanda. And we would do the prank calls together. They would have to dial the number. I would do the talking. And that was kind of the agreement. And then the one night, it was one of those annoying answer machines. Like, hey, this is John and Brenda. Oh, my God. One of those couples. Yeah. But as they were talking on and on, I I was like, Amanda, you have to say sorry, but that was a great time last night and say John's name. And so the <laughs> thing goes up. Beep, he goes, hi, man. Hey, this is Amanda. John, I had such a great time with you last night, and I can't wait to see you again. You were just so cute. And... <laughs> <laughs> and then she just hung up, and a couple had to listen to that message. Oh very God. confused. Ruining I never got marriages. I never got the payoff <laughs> of watching their fight, but I feel like I did at the same time, and it was yeah. so worth it. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was good at prank calls. I told you. 
I was not kidding. No, no. I wasn't. I wasn't the prank call and just hang up on you. That's not fun. No. I wanted to just psychologically dismantle you with. <laughs> I am not, it's my son. You know how many times they blame their kid and I hear them yelling in the back. You guys stop making prank calls. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, Daddy, I didn't do it. You hear Oh my God, we would. <laughs> Oh, man, that hurt. <laughs> I was such an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> I also can attribute the time period when I was 12. And I became addicted to pop punk music. <laughs> yes. I... Newfound Glory, Blink-182, I discovered them both around the same time, and it was all over my Kazaa and, oh and LimeWire, <laughs> or whatever you use. If you're older than me, you use Napster first, but I was more the Lime, 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 LimeWire, Lime yes. and yeah, so, and Kazaa was a big one for me, but oh my god, did I burn so many CDs that were pop punk. I must have had like... Seven different mixes of <laughs> And they all lasted for when I started driving that I could play them. And to the point where I knew on the back of the CD which ones they were. Did you ever get to that point with yeah. your CDs? Mm-hmm. You can just tell by the back of them which ones they were before you put them in. And you would laugh. Go, <laughs> I knew that one yep. as you put it in. That's how I feel about my. But yeah, it was Newfound Glory, mm-hmm. who I've seen in concert like eight times now. And it's never enough. I would go again if they were playing locally. That's but. Enough. Um, Blink-182 also, but I, I got into other bands, obviously, still to this day, AJR, there's a lot of, like, pop-punky bands out there that I'll still listen to that still put out, you know, cool new music, including New Fun Glory. Yeah. Um, oh, that reminds me also, that was also around the same time as LimeWire. How did you find LimeWire, usually? Okay. AOL. Yep. And AIM. Oh, the away messages. Oh my god. You you had to have a good away message game. Like, oh yeah. If you I wouldn't even be talking to a girl if she didn't know how to put up a good away message. <laughs> That's probably not true. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I like that laugh. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm just saying because sometimes I'm not all that imaginative or funny and you still like me. I guess so. <laughs> uh, you know how you, you ever work and you see somebody's email because they're like have a shopper's card or whatever? Oh my God, yes. And depending on like how long ago they set something up. I saw one recently where someone's email address that they had to get to me was babygirl1959. Are you for real? And. Like, 1959 was because that was the year she was born. Like, I saw her license. She was born in 1959, and her email address still to this day. I won't give out the at, because then somebody can email her. But, yep, baby girl, 1959. And I know for a fact, because she had to give me her date of birth also, and it was ending in 1959. So I know exactly where that came from in her email address. Oh, my God, it is 2022. Please, it's free to get new email addresses 
and just dump the baby girls, please. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Your name at blah, blah, blah dot com. Look, I just helped you. Yeah. It's... Oh, God, the... The the screen names that I had back in the day that would still be my email addresses. Good Lord. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I moved on from those email addresses, so should you. Yes. That's my message. (laughs) You know what also happened in those years? 97, I had my first drink. Ooh, and with the first drink comes the first drunk. Yeah, that was in 1997. I was 11, and Tim and I would watch The Outsiders. And, I mean, we'd, like, really watch The Outsiders. We watched it, like, every time we slept over. And eventually we were like, hey, it would be cool as if we drank well yeah I mean you're so we would drink Captain Morgan and like hang out um but I would say that I didn't get my first real drunk drunk until 6th grade in February of 99 that's when I became an alcoholic mm-hmm. um when I was 12 and the only, and the only reason is and people that, you know, are sober know this. It's not how much you drink, it's why you drink. Yes, and the associations with it. Yeah, so when I say I first became an alcoholic when I was 12, it's because it's the day that I started drinking to forget and not drinking because I thought it was fun. Um, On February 1st of 99, my friend Chris Pasha... Um, was hit by a car and died. That's just devastating. And I didn't know how to process grief. I'm sorry, you're how old? Twelve. Yeah. The only thing I knew was that drinking numbed you. Yeah. So I literally said to Tim, because Tim was friends with him too, I was like, yo, if we go get drunk, we're going to feel a lot better. And boom, that's alcoholism right there. That's doesn't matter if I'm 12, doesn't matter if... If I only had a beer that night, it doesn't matter. It matters the why, not the how much. Yes. So yeah, I became an alcoholic. Yeah, a coping skill. Well, that week, that week, you know, before we drank that Friday night, Monday Chris died. Wednesday we were playing hockey, and like we we were we were playing on the street. Yeah. And one of our friends got hit. We were playing roller hockey. And he fell down and had a seizure in front of me. That was really scary, too. Yeah, because you don't know what's happening with him. No. And you can't fix it. No. Um, and then that was Wednesday of that week, so we'll call it February 3rd. And then Friday, February 5th, Tim's dad, who I've talked about plenty on here, um, mm-hmm. he got diagnosed with leukemia. Um, so it was really emotional that week. And you didn't know how to control your emotions. They didn't talk about things like anxiety. They didn't talk about mental health. They didn't... Like, when our kid asked us about death, we were like, okay, we're going to get you into therapy. Yeah. And I asked my mom recently, I said, did I ever ask you about death? Because I was curious. And she was like, no. None of you did, actually, now that I think about it. So... 
I think death becomes more normalized these days because kids are playing video games more where they die, quote, die. Yes. And then they respawn and they're back again. And I think when a child realizes that someone can now die and not return, it's more devastating to them. I fully agree with that. Because I don't, I didn't have, I guess I did have the bad reaction because I was 12 and I drank over it. Yeah, but like that's, <clears throat> it, it, it's still a bad reaction. It's a negative reaction to something that's, you know, very emotionally charged. And if you're not asking about it, that means that it's not a conversation that's happening around you. Whereas now there's constant conversations about it because we just came through a pandemic where every single day we were talking about how many thousands of people died. Yeah. So, you know, that, that changes perspectives a lot. Yeah, it was definitely a different time. I mean, I can look back on it now and be like, that was just silly and not let it, like, affect me in the slightest. Um, and it doesn't really have any hold over me now. I know how to, con- you know, I know how to process death now. Well, yeah, but as children, we don't know how. Yeah, so, and since I was already... You know, I introduced myself to alcohol. That was that summer of 99. I was 12 going on 13. I had just started smoking. I learned how to inhale with the black and mild with Tim. <laughs> Tim, taught, <laughs> Tim, Tim taught me how to inhale with a black and mild. Um, and we were 12 going on 13. Him and I were born in two weeks of each other. I think I said that. Yeah, yeah. So that summer we were 12 and we were turning 13 in that September and definitely drank a lot. That that year was a lot of stealing liquor. Like anybody that we drank with in our in our grade, which was a few people, we had woods that we could go drink at and hang out in. Oh, yeah. And it was definitely the start to my drinking career. And I call it a career because I we're going to get into a lot of my drinking <laughs> Careers, Like I said, this is going to be a lot of episodes yeah. where I just I try to cover all my moves. And since I spent so long in this one place, I figured to break up all the episodes into smaller sections. So I'm going to leave it with that. With the summer of 99 being the summer of my first, like, drinking on weekends and... That is when it started becoming popular to drink on the weekends was that summer. Yeah. By senior year, was drinking every night. So, yeah, I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean... Literally, it was every night senior year. Like, senior year was crazy. We literally drank um, 57 straight nights, at least a six-pack a night. Yeah. I, I don't remember if we kept records for my little group but I think the the crew that I was kind of hanging out with and the crew that you hung out with even though we were several hundred miles apart we had the same type of dynamic yep no that's definitely true we um we we would like I'm trying to think how to word this we all had friends that were older and when we were going into our senior year, I was drinking with a friend of mine that was about to go to college. Yeah. 
and I drank with him a lot, um, a lot. And his name was, I'm not gonna say. It. Yeah. Um. So me and him would drink a lot together, and he was telling me how, like, hey, my friends and I, like, yeah, we drank last year with you, but we drank for 36 straight nights. And it was like a new senior record for drinking that many nights in a row. And I said, oh, we could smash that. Yeah. And so he goes, all right, I guess you're going to have to do that then. Uh-huh. So, yeah, we showed and him. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure that you went challenge accepted. Yeah, and... we showed him. <sighs> yeah, so that was definitely one of those summers. But... Yeah, so thank you for listening in. If you haven't already, you can go back to the first three episodes where the first episode is like an overview of me. The second episode is all about my years living in Audubon Park. The third episode is about me and Mary Bray. And now this, the fourth episode, is about me and Kershaw in middle school, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. You know what? I have a scar on my arm from the fifth grade that I feel like should be talked about. Yeah. So I have a pencil indentation scar on my right arm. I have, I have like 40 tattoos, but I still, I fixate on this little dot. Yes. And it always reminds me, we were in fifth grade in science class and I kept poking the kid in front of me. I kept kicking his chair mm-hmm. and to the point where he got so frustrated with me, he turned around and stabbed me in the arm with his <laughs> pencil. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes it's... Hey, I forgave him. By the time we were... A decade later, I got him a job at Best Buy working for me. Well, so we made know, up. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for tuning in so far. I really enjoy, you know... I want to say getting this off my chest, but just talking about everything. It just definitely is... Um, Yeah, it's good for me. So definitely. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening.